For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to The Kelly Green Show. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Bunch of underdogs. And you know what an underdog is? It's a hungry dog. Hungry dogs run faster. And that's this team. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show on the Eagles Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, Football Kelly. Eagles fans are all loving seeing the chemistry and connection from Hertz to Smith in the latest workout video that was posted on social media. And the excitement is officially all turning to football in Philadelphia after the Sixers let us down last week. I have two fellow Eagles podcasters on the show for a special crossover edition today to talk about the birds, Brian Cameron and Chris Infante from Flipping the Birds podcast. How are you guys doing? Ladies, uh, I'm, I'm doing better than oh, you. Shut up. <laughs> I'm doing better You're than six. A, a nice start, guys. This guy does this to me all the time. See, what we'll I have to deal with. I don't even know why I do this podcast. Only one person makes you smile like I do, and that's probably your wife. So, like, I'm up on that, you know, that 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 tier. So, I, I'm feel you know very. Have, have you have you seen my pictures with my daughter? So, like, uh, you just okay, 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 all right. So, I'm I'm like two A. Okay, and have you seen? Yeah. I, I I haven't posted pictures, but usually I smile when the cashier gives me my beer after I purchase it. So that's the the the, the liquor store people are probably my most favorite before you. So that's uh, and I and I can keep going on and on and on about this, but you know that's for another that's for another that's time. That's for a different podcast, guys. Yeah, that's for another time. All right. Well, we have to get right into the NFL news of the week. The NFL recently approved the alternate helmets for 2022 season, which means. We could be some ke- seeing some Kelly Green in the future. I've seen fans loving this and other fans saying that the throwbacks are overhyped. They want to see, you know, a different look in the helmet that is possibly going to be the alternate in the future. Uh, Brian, what's your stance on that? I love the Kelly, the Kelly Green throwbacks. Um, I feel like they're very, they have a very unique style, very new, unique look, look to them from the helmets all the way down to the jerseys. But um, I think the only downfall about this is like a day later, we got the report that um, Jeffrey Lurie already put the black jerseys set up for 2022, which kind of sucks because he's the one that's been pushing for this. But I think that it's time for the Eagles to kind of just make some changes. I mean, we've seen the Seahawks with all their jerseys, like how great their jerseys look as well. I think if they can incorporate the Kelly Greens into new style, whatever case may be, I think it's going to be phenomenal. Chris, what are you thinking? I think the past is the past. I mean, listen, I, I like the Kelly Green for like apparel, 
like 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 buying stuff and saying this is vintage and all this I, I i'd be cool with it like every now and then but really like we really need some new like new new styles and they like if they're going black again which i love i love the black jerseys um get them like alternate black helmet like go black on black like that that would be freaking phenomenal like that would be real fire um stuff and you know kelly green is beautiful it's beautiful it's part of history. Yeah, it's nostalgic. I, yeah, it's very nostalgic. You know what? But, you know, I'm not, I'm not you know, the, the edits are, are nice and everything. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I, I would rather black on black than Kelly Green. But if it comes back, you know, it, it'll, it'll be nice. It's, uh, I really like the Jalen Hurts ed- edit in that, in that jersey. It looks, looks real nice. It looks phenomenal. You know, it, it's, <laughs> It's all right with yeah, I'm, I think I'm, it would be fun for like a throwback Thursday type game. Like, I definitely don't want to go back to Kelly Green full time. Like, some people are even suggesting. Like, I'm not that crazy about Kelly Green, but I uh, I would like to see it like in incorporate it in some way and at least have the option to go that route if we wanted to. But definitely alternate uh, helmets. We could do something like forward thinking about what the future of the franchise will be. This is a young coaching staff, a young quarterback, a, a young roster. So, you know, let's get something fun in the works and let's, you know, else creatively can come up, uh, not just Kelly Green. Um, I'm sure that shocks a lot of fans because my podcast is called The Kelly Green Show. But <laughs> I'm, I am about looking forward and, and, and you know, paying homage to the past, of course. But um, looking forward is always the path for me. Uh, trying to make sense of the 2020 Eagles, speaking of the past, has been really hard for me to grapple with. Um, I'm thinking like injuries, a regressing quarterback, a regressing head coach, the co- like the play calls that he was making, it just didn't add up to me. Do you think there's a chance? Uh, let's go with uh, Chris on this one. Do you think there's a chance last season's four 11 and one record was a fluke? Yeah, uh, it's hard for me to call it a fluke with like really none of the coaching staff and quarterback really there. Um, to me, a fluke would be all right. They get a chance to redeem themselves this year and really see Doug Peterson finally give a place to a real offensive coordinator. Uh, really see Carson Wentz decide that he can throw the ball after two seconds and, and instead of holding it, and also to see if the, if it was really was it Carson or was it the offensive line being turnstiles, you know, was it Jamon Brown fixing his glove in the middle of a play? Um, you know, it was it all that. So, you know, last season was last season to me. It, it happened and there's a lot of change, but um, I, I'm more, I got, I was, when Sirianni was hired, I was pretty excited. Like I researched him and all, you know, where he's from and, and like what the coaching, his coaching dreams, I guess, were, were, were from. And now just watching his demeanor, especially after that first press conference when people were trashing him for no good reason at all. Um, and now the way he's taking over that team and, and really taking over press conferences and his knowledge of everything, his enthusiasm, seeing Jalen Hurts, the way he's been handling himself. I think, I think this season will definitely be better than last season um, with a better hope, hopefully knock on wood, a healthier offensive line. Um, but I, I, I do think last year was was a bump. Obviously, that bump ended up changing a lot of things. Um, but I, I don't think this team is as bad as, as last season. Okay. What do you think, Brian? Um, I think I agree with that. I don't think it's a fluke. I think they were a product of their environment at the time. Um, 
we talked about on Flipping the Birds when the, the picture of Howie and Doug came out with a video, I think it was, of them arguing in the practice field. Like, it just stemmed from two different philosophies, uh, you know, a young GM, an old head coach going two different routes, and then you have a, a quarterback who was dealing with all the rumors of being a bad teammate, was dealing with the issues of being injury prone. It was just a, a, a bad a, a bad pot at the end of the day. But I truly believe that they were a product of their environment. There was just no there was no accountability. And Lane Johnson spoke about that recently, about how last year is there was no accountability in the locker room or, you know, within the players. And that, you know, that speaks volumes, especially for a football team that was coming off a Super Bowl win. Like you you got to hold everybody accountable. And I think that's what I love about Nick Sirianni is because he's holding everybody to, to a certain standard. And if you don't reach that standard, then you're not, you're not part of the program pretty much. And it's, it's showing that and his, his, um, his approach to his team, his philosophies, and the, even the way he speaks to people. Yeah. I think that the hardest part for me was that the Eagles were the only team in the division we are playing in that didn't have a new head coach. And somehow we looked the most disheveled coming out uh, when there was a very restricted off season for the other teams in the division, the giants, the Cowboys, the football team all had new head coaches. The whole cast was coming in fresh and yet we were the ones that struggled the most. Um, So for me, it's like, what the heck happened last year to be so poor, but at least the good news is that changes have happened and we'll get to see whether or not um, the philosophy in that locker room has shifted and whether or not they're going to be able to compete in 2021. Um, When you look at the upcoming season, Brian, what out of division game intrigues you the most? I would say the Bucks and the Chiefs um, because they are the top dogs. And I think it would be kind of a neat way for the team to really test where they are, whether, whether you know, the, the, the rebuilding is actually ahead of schedule or if it's behind the schedule um, to see if Jalen Hurts can compete with Patrick Mahomes, to see Nick Sirianni prove to, you know, prove to, to all of Philly that he's not, you know, the laughing stock that the media made him made him to be after his first first press conference. I think that's that's really going to be a big, um, big way to, to measure where this team is with those two games. Definitely. Chris, what do you think? I think those are the two easiest ones to say. Obviously, Brian, of course, you're going to pick those. Um, yeah, I, I, I have two, but I have, like my first one is um, the Chargers because um, I, I really like Justin Herbert. He's, he's, I think he's going to be a really, really good quarterback for a long time. Um, and their defense is really good. And on the, and, and also that might be a potential Zach Ertz homecoming game if he gets tra- – you know, there's all these rumors <laughs> – of Zach Ertz going, where is he going? And the Chargers are one of those teams that that might make a move for him. And that Chargers game is at home uh, in Philly, um, and it's Week Nine, I believe that is after the trade deadline. So there is there's a, there was that possibility, but I really think um, I think Justin Herbert is a, is a phenomenal quarterback. You ha- you'll have Keenan Allen going against Darius Slay. That'll be a really good really good matchup. And at offensive line, we'll see how healthy they are against that really good defensive line of, of the Chargers. You know, the, um, I, I just saw, was this, maybe CBS put out rankings of their top five most complete teams. Um, and the Chargers were number four on their list because uh, they really have it all right now. Um, and I really, I'm really intrigued. I mean, you could say the Lions game too, because it would be Darius Slay's homecoming, but you know, they're, they're Lions. So, I mean, I guess it's Jared Goff. Um, but, um, I'm just I'm just excited to see the the Raiders game 
because of how many Eagles fans will probably be drunk as ever in the stands. And I will be present for that. Yeah. Well, will you, will you be, be physically present, or sure. will, will you be physically and mentally present, or you know, because no. it's Vegas. I will be physically <laughs> no, present. <laughs> I can't promise about mentally, but I will be screaming my head off. There you go. There it is. I'll just bring the noise. Okay, guys, no problem. That's all we ask. So I have this segment (laughs) on my podcast called the Kelly Green Lightning Round. It's quick questions, quick answers, just to break things up during uh, the show. I'm going to talk to each of you about both of the questions. So if you, um, if Brian wants to go first and then Chris answers after him, we can go through these pretty rapid fire if that works for you. I guess so. Sounds good. Ready? Broad, broad before <laughs> beauty. All right. <laughs> Who was your favorite Eagles player to watch growing up? Donovan McNabb, Donovan McNabb for sure. Brian Dawkins. Yeah, like, <laughs> both Dawkins. good answers. I like okay. both of those. All right, hot take. Who will the Eagles' leading rusher be this season? Miles Sanders, no doubt. No Sanders. That's not a hot take. <laughs> I would never go against Sanders. Okay, Miles Sanders, but slightly above Jalen Hurts. Okay. Ooh. Uh, 2020 Eagles only had eight interceptions. Over, under, eight interceptions for the 2021 Eagles defense. Under. Oh. Oh, it all it all depends on who they what they do for for um CB two. We're gonna get into that for sure. He has all nine of them. Do you believe? <laughs> who do you believe will be the most improved player this season? Oh, Jalen Rager. I think that kid is gonna light up the the field. He has a scheme that fits him. He has a coach that that knows how to use his talents. It's gonna be phenomenal to see. I think it's gonna be Kevin Wallace. I just all think. Right. I, I think Gannon has all the tools as a coach and the way he's coached players and, and his other teams and, and just his, his familiarity with, with players that play like Kayvon. I, 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 and, and you have, um, I keep forgetting his name, the DB coach um, from the, that came over from the Jets. He coached Jamal Adams, who, like, Kayvon has a similar play. I'm not saying he is Jamal Adams. He has a very similar play style to Jamal Adams. So when you have coaches that – have played with players like that, you know, and I believe Gannon was in San Diego when um, Eric Weddle was there. So you you have players like that. You you really can you know show them this is how I coach this guy. This is what I could do for you. And I think Kayvon, he really, he, I think he's he's set for a big year. Yeah, and two of those guys that you're talking about, uh, you know, second year guys, and you really want to see that second year, you know, jump in their capabilities for sure mm-hmm. um didn't see a lot of Raker last year due to the injuries so hopefully he's able to stay healthy and and definitely hoping that that's the case for us the last question of the kelly green lightning round is why do you think the wentz banner is still up at the link right now they can't afford to take it down due to all the dead money that they owe him that's the issue. <laughs> Great answer. We all know how he has trouble letting go with how many times he has brought Jason Peters back to the team. So maybe, you know, maybe his fat head is, t- is still up in his in his office and he's like, I just can't quit you. And, you think you know, they replaced uh, it with Jason Peters? 
I would I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jason Peters <laughs> up there. Maybe a picture of Jason Peters and Carson Wentz together holding hands. Maybe they're trying to like create this controversy in the Philadelphia area that we still haven't taken down this banner that causes a lot of pain for travelers. And then right before the season, they'll do something really fun and sexy and put up something new to get. We're not putting a picture all over it. <laughs> I'm all about the hype video. So, like, if they're trying to do something to create controversy and get all the tweets out, you know, all the pictures of people. I think I think what they're going to do is now that the Sixers are out, maybe Wells Fargo is going to put up a picture of Ben Simmons on theirs. And then you'll just have <laughs> on one side of the street and Simmons on the other side of the street just to give us so much more pain. Oh, it's poor Philadelphia. <laughs> poor Philadelphia. All right. Thank you guys for uh, – humoring me and doing the Kelly Green Lightning Round. A couple more questions for you before we uh, log out today. If you had to guess a player who has the best chance of being traded ahead of this season, but you can't say Zach Ertz because that's cheating, who do you think may be on the trade block, Chris? I think that my number one is Derek Barnett. Um, I, I, I've, I've been on this. I just think if they go to off a slow start, uh, I think some teams will come calling that need edge help. Um, and, and the Eagles, they they kind of loaded up on the edge, you know, this offseason. They're not going to trade Car- Car- uh, Kerrigan. You know, the, right. no one's gonna, I mean, as much as I really love Kerrigan, that, that he's there, um, no one's going to trade for him since of his age. Um, you know, Noah Williams was drafted as a defensive tackle, but he can play edge as well. You got Patrick Johnson, mm-hmm. who's more of a linebacker, Tyron Jackson. Um, so, you know, they have just sweat, the BG still. So I just think if someone's going to move off that line, I think it's going to be Barnett, um, especially Spina in his last year's deal. I think second, again, if they're going off of of a, a, on a really slow start, I think there's a chance Darius Lake gets traded. That would break my heart. Okay, Brian, what do you think? I actually chose Derek Barnett as well, just because – I have a problem with no, no, look, look. I have a problem with paying ten million dollars to a player that's splitting time with a player that's more productive and making around one million dollars. If they trade Barnett, they you know they they free up ten million dollars in cap space. It's just to me, it's a win-win. And why would you say we're trading Darius Slay? Like, how I'm not, I'm not wishing that on a team. I'm just saying, if a team we're comes along and see, listen, the, the first part of that season is really tough. Yeah. It's really tough. So if the Eagles are what? one and six, two and five, whatever around there. And the team comes calling. It's like, Hey, here's a second round, maybe a third round pick for Darius Slay. And that, that comes off the book again next year. And then next year you have all this boatload of cash, you know, it's and plus picks. Like I, I just no secondary. Yeah, no. If, if they're two and five with Darius Slay, who cares <laughs> what they're gonna be without Darius Slay? Like, what, what's the difference? You know? I, just, I just really want to have a stronger secondary on the cornerback side of things. There's a ton of chatter going on about you know who's gonna play across from him. We don't have a real decision on that. We have no idea who the answer is at this current moment. Who will fill in that position currently on the roster, which is crazy. But if you were the GM, Brian, what would your solution be to address that need? Uh, bringing a veteran or bringing um, a player like Steven Nelson, even though they don't want to pay him his price. Um, the reason being is because Sirianni has been preaching competition. The only way you can really breathe the best out of somebody is by giving them somebody to compete with. Right now, the secondary, they're not going to compete with Darius Slade because he's far 
above, you know, where any of them can possibly be. Maddox is inconsistent. We don't know where we're getting from Zach. Um, or is it Zach or Zach? How do you think Zach. It's Zach, I think. Zach. 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 Look, you better Zach yourself before you wreck yourself. Okay, so we don't know what we're going to add Zach. Um, we still have Jack Jaquette. We still have um, Seymour. So we don't know. It's, it's too many question marks. You got to bring in a guy like Steven Nelson or even Richard Sherman. Bring in a veteran to, to help develop these guys. Definitely. Uh, Chris, what are you thinking? Not Steven Nelson. All right. <laughs> um, my thing is, like, you have... My 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 whole thing here is like 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 Brian just said. I hate agreeing with him. There's a lot of young talent there that you can develop, right? Like there hasn't been that much talent in the secondary that they currently have that's young in in a long time. And you have guys who are were scouts and also DB coaches and all this. Um, so so why ruin that and 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 then stunt their growth at the same time? You have a corner in Darius Lay, who's obviously been around for a long time, that can act as a player coach to the developing young guns. Why not bring in another veteran teacher, old cornerback who used to be really, really good, in Richard Sherman, and put him on the other side? That way you have two elite corners on both sides, both also helping develop the younger guys behind them. So when Richard Sherman moves on after a one-year deal with the Eagles, goes somewhere else to re to reestablish his value after a, a uh, season-ending injury, and well, maybe a cut of Darius Slay to save some cap room. You have the guys behind them who developed again uh, un- underneath all pro corners to take over in 2022. Maybe you're still drafting a Derek Stingley next year, or um, uh, or an Elam from Ohio State. You know, or, I mean, sorry, he's Florida. Um, you know, it's you have these guys behind the, these guys. Obviously, not the rookies um, that would be next year. Um, but I, I, I just think if you're if you're gonna pre- pretend that you're in it for this year, if you're a general manager, you go out and get guys that have done it before. And I think Richard, if you if you're you could do worse than having a starting secondary with Darius Slay on one side and Richard Sherman on the other. Yeah, I mean we've all learned over the po- the course of the last few years how important depth is, um, and not having somebody to answer the CB two position starting CB2 position is a problem for any GM. So we definitely Mm -hmm. need to address that by any means necessary. Definitely didn't do it early in the draft. Like a lot of people assumed it would happen. Uh, So this is really the only way if we do a trade, maybe, you know, a team's kind of got a guy on the bubble that could potentially be the answer, maybe a younger prospect end of his uh, rookie contract, that kind of deal. Uh, Like what we did with Ronald Darby that's an option, but I don't know any players that are currently in that current bubble position on their current roster. So it might be the only way is to sign a free agent who, like you said, is a Steven Nelson or a Richard Sherman. I mean, there's a guy, there's a greedy Williams on Cleveland um, who was a very talented LSU DB and uh, their DBU over there. Um, and he was drafted pretty high. I think second round for Cleveland. They, 
they have a lot of corners drafted. And he's been he's been he's, he's been falling in, out of favor with them. He's right? falling out of you know the, the current staff did not draft him. You know, didn't coach him. He's been he's been in and out of the lineup because of injury, and it really seems like he could be on his way out there. Maybe he could be one of those on the bubble trades at the end of the season, at the end of the preseason that gets moved because um, Cleveland knows they're going to cut him. Maybe the Eagles send them a player that they know they're going to cut or something like that. And I, I he'd be a guy that I'd be interested in a trade because he does come. He has a lot of he has pedigree. Um, it's just that the injuries and inconsistency have 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 um, slowed him down. So I would be interested to see Gannon and and, the, and these guys um, take him and see what, what they can get from there. Love to hear it. Um, we've been talking about the uh, you know depth chart a little bit, but we are currently in this dilemma of the left tackle situation. Um, maybe some people don't see it as a dilemma because they assume somebody will be the starter one way or the other, but who are you looking at when you, uh, have a guess at who will be the starting left tackle for this season, Brian? Uh, Jordan Marlotta. I think the kid has a huge dog in him. Um, he has a huge fight in him and the fact that he's more than willing to do whatever it takes to, to help the team win. Um, he had an interview not too long ago saying that he'll play whatever position the team needs him to play. That kind of added to him. That kind of just drive. It, it just makes sense to have that kind of player as your, your franchise left tackle. And he does have, you know, ways to go in developing, but his, his growth within, you know, from rugby to not playing to being forced to play last season, it was phenomenal in my opinion. Yeah, what do you think of Chris? I also think it's my lot of, but at the same time, you know, like four subjects. You're agreeing. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's going to be Jason Peters. Um, (laughs) Just to be difficult. (laughs) No, I think, um, I I know it pains me to agree with him, but it's just the right answer. Um, You know, a, a broken clock is right twice a day. Um, and, uh, with, with Jordan Mylotta, I just think, you know, he, if you look at what he did last year, I know, I think he gave up some of the top most sacks on the team, but at the same time, he was thrown into the lineup after not playing and all that. You give him a full off season of the start. I know he's been splitting reps, um, but really a, a finally a, a legit off season to work with, with Jalen Hurts and, that, and a healthy offensive line next to him. He doesn't have to worry about really um, going to different assignments because now he has a healthy ass- a line next to him. Um, I just think that's – and he and the picture of Lane Johnson and the whole line with, with Jordan Mailata in that picture, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a really good line. I, I just don't think a guy like that will allow a first-round pick – who struggled as a rookie, then missed all of the second year with with the torn biceps. I don't think that guy will allow will allow someone else to come back from all that and st- all of a sudden as the starting left tackle without a legitimate fight. And I think my lot of I think he's going to really show out and, and end up being one of the top left tackles in the league. I, re- I really think that. I think maybe Diller gets traded, but um, you know, I just maybe not from. The Eagles wanting to maybe Diller's just like I'm supposed to be a starting left tackle and I I don't want to be here. I I mean it could happen. He, We're seeing that around the league a lot now. Yeah, yeah, you know you do you don't get your way, you cry and say I want out. Well, yeah. I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here and say we might have seen enough of Diller to say that that's definitely the right move to make. So the conversation with Sirianni so far this offseason is competition. If he comes out looking sharp and like the first round pick prospect that he was, um, you know, there's a chance that he could shock everybody and be the guy starting at mm-hmm. tackle. 
Um, maybe Jordan Mailata being a swing type tackle, uh, you know, as we saw Big V doing a couple years ago, um, has that versatility to him. So I'm not saying that's the right answer. I'm just saying maybe we haven't seen the the last of Dillard as the potential option and answer because ultimately I feel like we should want Dillard to be the answer. I know that uh, Mailata is a, an incredible story. Um, but we don't have Mylata on a long-term contract. I think his rookie deals on this up at this point. Mm-hmm. So you really have such a short window of opportunity to really answer whether or not Mylata can be the guy. Um, and he's still in very much the developmental stage of his young career, but Dillard has a little bit more time on his contract. I would be open to seeing whether or not he can truly be the guy because we did move up with the Ravens to draft Dillard. We used some capital to get up and get him. So not giving him, I know that wasn't his, um, the Sirianni like regime, but it, it is only in our best interest to hope that he could potentially answer that, that call and be the, the first round pick that we took him as. Um, so just as a, just as a difficult, uh, pushback to what you guys agreed on just to make it a little bit of a conversation. Uh, what do you think about that? I think um, my lot still has a slight advantage over Dillard because Dillard coming out of college wasn't so good against the run. Um, my lot of rugby skills, as you can see in, in a lot of the, um, his tape, is, is, it helps him against the run. The guy's always, it's like a raging bull. But I do. I do understand where you're coming from in that regard. I mean, Dillard is a, was a high pick. We've um, even mentioned um, like probably like the last podcast or so where possibly Dillard could even move to left guard if Kelsey retires yeah. next season. I mean, they have so many so many young guys on the offensive line that are that you could actually move them. You know, they're they're very interchangeable. Dillard obviously he came over to the right side, but if he's playing left guard next to my lot, I mean, that's could be a deadly force for three years to come. I don't want Dillard at guard. He's a tackle. Um, but, I, you know, I, to Kelly's hey, point. look at you guys I, disagreeing again. Yeah, that's more like it. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think if we see Dillard as tackle, obviously that would be great. You know, like you just said, you, you invested draft capital and like twice you traded up and then drafted him. Um, and we know how he likes to see what he gets out of his high draft picks. That's why J. Joel has been still, you know, still around here. Um, still going strong. But, um, yeah, you know, that's like my other side of it is if Dillard starts, maybe it's more because the team really values my lot versatility. Um, like maybe he's the Australian big V you know, and, the, and how versatile he is. If Lane Johnson goes down again, you know, he's, he's been really nicked up all these years. Are we really throwing big V? I mean, uh, big V Dillard back to right tackle <laughs> or, or are we putting my lotto over there where he's shown that he can actually play. Um, so, you know, maybe my lotto's versatility really, you know, is the reason why he gets really like, I guess, quote unquote benched. Um, but it's more just because he's a really good depth piece that he can move around more than Dillard. Um, so, I mean, you can't really, I can't really see them giving my the starting left tackle job. And then let's say, you know, God forbid Lane Johnson goes down and then you insert Dillard at left tackle, move my to the right. And then you're still, now you're working with, okay, now my has to, 
get ready to go at the right side and while Dillard has to get acclimated again back to the left side because he's back in instead of just letting Dillard take all the first team reps at, at, at first team while letting my lotto work in during training camp at, at both sides. Um, I, so if that, if Dillard starts at this point, I think that's the reason not not because I don't, I think Dillard's better. I think my lot is better at this point. Um, but my lot definitely offers more versatility. Definitely. And I think that we can all agree that having Stoutland as their developmental coach, probably the best uh, coach at developing the past few seasons uh, of this, you know, regime coming in uh, Stoutland's top of the line, as far as offensive lineman development. And uh, so we can feel pretty confident that he'll, he'll get his guys put together pretty well. Um, one more thing to talk about a couple of things uh, that were mentioned on Twitter uh, the other day by Chris. It was a bold statement. Uh, Jalen Hurts being the quarterback one for the next 20 seasons. I would love if you would elaborate on that one. Yes, please do. I don't think we've ever had such a well-spoken individual at quarterback and I don't know how long, because look, if you look at Carson, Carson wasn't really that confident in his press conferences. He was, you know, he was like, yeah, blah, blah, you know. He but was, was great at the Campbell Soup commercials, okay? Yeah, like, like you got Don, Von Donovan's Soup commercials, and, you know, Vic, <laughs> confident, I guess. But, um, but Jalen, just look at the way Jalen just carries himself. And I don't think a guy like that is going to let anybody bench him for as long as he wants to play. So, I mean, I misspoke by saying 20 years. I meant 25. <laughs> so, I mean, I look for, I really look forward to, how am I? Okay, let me do that. When I'm 57 years old, coming back to my tweet and, and, and retweeting all of the people who doubted me. So 25 years from now, at two, so 2046, I'm going to see all of you on Twitter it probably won't even have Twitter by then. It probably won't even be a computer. It'll probably be something that just projects from our. It'll be, it'll be in my space. space. It, it, it'll be you know we're gonna have top we're gonna have top five friends on 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 Twitter at that point. Um, <laughs> but it. you know I just think I just he just exudes a certain you know just a just a just a something that just that just says he's a franchise quarterback. It's a level of confidence that I think uh, perpetuates around the locker room because. We hear all the players talking about him and how much they respect him. I certainly see that from the short time that he's been the guy. Um, Not quite something that I saw with uh, Carson Wentz. Everybody calls Jalen Hurts a leader. It seems like the key word when you talk about that kid. Ryan, I mean, this is some pretty strong wording from your friend Chris here. What do you think about it? When, when Chris says that he's going to check his Twitter in 2046, you better believe yeah, when you check his Twitter in 2046. I, I already put a reminder on, and so it pops he up does, on my phone. He, one, thing he does, he, one thing that he does is not lie about anything he says. So I completely believe it. I hope I don't I don't have Twitter at that time, so I don't have to witness that. <laughs> but um, I think Jalen's going to be the franchise quarterback for the next several years. Um, 25. I don't trust the franchise to keep him for more than, you know, uh, more than 10, honestly. I mean, Howie yeah. will still be GM. That's a long play. time. What are you talking about, Brian? <laughs> no, but like, you know, Howie's going to own the team by then. No. Probably. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's in his inheritance. He has to be related to, to Lurie somehow, some way. Yeah. That yeah. has to be his inheritance. There has to be a paper trail somewhere. 
Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Either that or like maybe Howie's mom was like, yeah, you know, a guy like Jeffrey, a guy like Jeffrey, he doesn't have any loose ends. So if anybody knows anything, they're probably dead by now. I mean, Howie's still alive. <laughs> that's it. That's what I'm saying. Anybody who knows anything about the Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman relationship, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's down low. <laughs> It's, it's, in the, it's in a locket book somewhere. And it's buried underneath the link. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I love Jalen Hurts. I think that he's definitely uh, the most intriguing part about the 2021 Eagles. Um, so definitely wanted to get a, a little bit of your thoughts and insights on him. I appreciate you guys coming on to show every Eagles fan what your podcast is all about. You guys are fun. You debate with each other, have differing opinions. It's always fun to talk to other fans who enjoy creating content for the team that we love and support. So definitely go support them by listening to the Flipping the Bird podcast. Uh, And listeners, make sure to subscribe to the Eagles Unfiltered podcast for future episodes of the Kelly Green Joe and Fly Eagles Fly. That's right. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.